Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited, now leaving for a Grand Circle Tour of the Magic Kingdom. Tonight, we're going to share a wonderful dream come true together. In 1955, an amazing man named Walt Disney dreamt of a magic kingdom. Happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Everybody, welcome to another episode of All Aboard the Disneyland Railroad. We are a Disneyland Resort-based podcast in which we hop onto the railroad every other week. You got that right this time, uh, and it takes us to a different Disneyland, uh, some, somewhere in the Disneyland Resort, I should say, whether it's attraction, restaurant, uh, shop, whatever. Um, I am Jungle Cruiser, sitting next to my co-host in crime here, Hyperspace Mountaineer. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> uh, it's going good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every week we start we start off with the same exact thing. We probably should just make a a clip of that, like yeah. me talking Copy and then paste. you talking. We don't though. We don't. We do it every single episode we record, which it's got. We have to, I and mean, it sounds natural. Uh, in case something happens with the times, we can change it up. But uh, for now, we're not going to make a, a copy and paste. It's not our style. Top of the episode, like every other week now, is uh, shout outs we had from Instagram. We have Joe J Pity twenty three, our conductor. He wrote Hidden Mickey. He he, he sent this train he, to me, and I posted it on Instagram from the last you know last episode. And then right in the front, can you see it? I, guess I can see. I guess it's not so hidden. It's like right there. <laughs> but he pointed that out, and I thought that was really uh, good. yeah, it was awesome. And mail dot the dot magic from Instagram just put a happy face. Thank you for that. The love there. Um, Breezy Bake Oven. From Instagram, she's been quiet for a while. She, she played some catch up, um, but she has a comment here. She said, "While well, you can never get me, this is on our Guardians episode, by the way. Uh, While well, you can never get me to go on this ride because I'm a chicken, bark bark. Uh, I am excited to see this new this ride. I love the surprise element of music, drops, and storylines. That's super cool. Great show. Thanks, guys. Um, and there was a few people who kind of wrote that. I think we have other." Um, Someone else wrote that. I, I, I gotta, I gotta go find that. I guess I, while you're while you're doing your thing, I'll find that. Somebody else wrote that. I remember reading that recently somewhere hmm. that they wrote. Uh, After listening to this episode, um, I'm more on board than I was in the past. And like I said, I, I, I don't have that in front of me, but uh, once I do, we'll find it. I will. I'll read that before we get onto the railroad. Um, we have our T-shirt giveaway uh thousand or thousand followers contest so we appreciate everybody we are we're not well over a thousand but we were definitely over a thousand we appreciate all you guys and 
following us, and uh, it's time to do the giveaway for that Mickey Mouse T-shirt that I posted a while ago. And the winner for our Instagram contest, we put them in, we put everyone in on the the internet. Uh, what do they call it? Randomizer. Randomizer. Yeah. Uh, the person that got selected was Peyton Town ninety three. So congratulations to you uh, to collect your prize. Make sure you just you can uh, send us an email at allaboard nineteen fifty five at gmail com, or you can send us a direct message on Instagram since that was where the contest was. And it doesn't really matter. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to uh, uh, talk to us to collect your shirt. Um, and if uh, next next episode you have two weeks, so by next episode if we have not been contacted for that we will select a new winner. That's kind of how our contests contests have been going. Um, so yeah, as Hyperspace Mountain is reading, I will try to find what I was talking about earlier because I do not want to miss anybody as far as shout-outs go. Um, and in the past, if I've ever missed you on a shout-out, I do apologize, um, and I will get to that. And I, I have a couple more here on Instagram, so I will look at those two while he's reading, and then we will do uh, another set of shout-outs, I guess. So <laughs> go ahead, sir. All right, yeah, again, as we do talk about every week, if you haven't uh, gotten the app already, check it out on your app store, the um, Disneyland Inside Out app. Very good tool um, out there if you want to um, look up. Uh, if you're going to the park anytime soon, check out the hours and schedule section on the app. Um, gives you um, the hours that the park's going to be open, the attendance estimates, the hours of the, or the uh, times of the shows, and any attraction closures, anything like that. So you can plan your trip either around those or you can just not be blindsided when you get there. Um, also check out that discussion board section. Comment on our episode. Get a shout out during the episode. Um, that's one of the ways that you can get a shout out. We also have the Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Also, you can comment on the Twitter. Get a shout out um, <laughs> the on the Twitter. episode. <laughs> the Twitter. Just like the oh, Facebook. Um, also check out that uh, Magical Partners travel section. Um, if you're looking to book a or if you're looking to book a vacation anytime soon, uh, check them out. Also check them out at MagicalPartnersTravel.com. Get that free quote and uh, tell them all aboard sent you. Yeah, I, I could not find the one I was talking about. It might have been on a different one that we don't run, or another Facebook one. Cause we, did a, we did do a crossover episode, and I, I couldn't find it on either one of our pages, uh, Disney Universe and this one, um, All Aboard. But we did have James. I forgot to read James Morton's. Um, I remember he was the guy, he was all iffy about it, but he wrote, Great episode. Yes, I'll ride the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I'm willing to give it a shot. I just wish they could have left Tower of Terror alone. Don't get me wrong, I love that movie, and I love the whole Marvel franchise. Uh, another note, you guys are awesome. Keep it up. So, thanks, James. I didn't know you were going to say that on the another note, but uh, appreciate it, James. Always. Um, you were awesome as well, sir. And a couple of the... Um, other shout outs on that t-shirt um, post because on the computer you can't see all the emojis but on yeah, the phone squares. you can't um, so that's why I kind of missed those it was uh, the shop Alexa two thumbs up appreciate that Disneyland Times You, I think they're like little I don't know what emoji that is oh candy uh, I don't know oh that's like the little party thing little party yeah it's, sorry my looks like a cornucopia phone is kind of small Breezy Bake Oven, hooray, congratulations um, on our 1,000 followers. I assume that's what that means. And on the winner, too. So uh, collect your prize, please, and we will congratulate you. Uh, then also, let's see, Ona Australia from Instagram writes, This is awesome. Sorry, I almost missed those. And like I said, if I have missed you in the past, 
please let me know. I did not mean to. I just, it was a simple, I, I overlooked. We do want to shout out everyone. Yes, we do. And that's our thing. It's never, oh, we read a comment and say, no, we're not going to, not going to read that shout out. Um, so, um, that was long winded a little bit. That's all right. Before we get on the railroad, one more thing. We do have those mugs still. So, uh, if you want a mug, DM us as well and we can ship that to you. Um, okay. So this is a special episode. We're not doing a crossover, but we, I guess we kind of are kind of, we're doing a crossover a episode. Yeah. It's, um, not, it wasn't supposed to be that way, but it, it it's turning, it's going to, it's going to turn into one of those, uh, the backside of water podcast, which they're, they, they dive into the rich history of these rides. So if you listen to their show, they go in, in to the depths of it. We, we go some fun facts here and there. We're kind of lazy about it and, uh, talk about other things, but they do research. Uh, so listening to their show, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot. Uh, and they're, they're called the Backside of Water Podcast. We're actually gonna go pick them up. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because we're gonna go to the Main Street Cinema, <laughs> and we're already right there. But anyways, we're gonna go to the railroad, grand circle around the tour, <laughs> back at Main Street, get off, go to the Main Street Cinema. So without further ado, let's get on the railroad right now. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited. Now leaving for a Grand Circle Tour of the Magic Kingdom. Howdy folks. Welcome aboard the Disneyland Railroad. This is your conductor speaking. Today we are headed down to Main Street, USA to visit the Main Street Cinemas. The Main Street Cinemas opened on July 17, 1955, and has been entertaining guests for over 60 years, showing six classic silent cartoons. However, one of them does have sound. Can you guess which one that is? We have now arrived at a stop. Hope you enjoy your time at Disneyland's Main Street Cinemas. everybody the railroad got us over here to the main street cinema safely uh we are sitting here with uh alex and harrison from the backside of water podcast um hey guys how you doing thank you for having us on we're, we're doing well <laughs> i jumped my cue no i'm that's just fine. so excited <laughs> no that's all right it's, uh, that's fine so uh um you guys have a like i said you guys have the backside of water podcast and you guys started a little over a year ago is that right yes yep we yep. started in june of 2015 yeah, just a little bit over a year. We've been, I guess, 14 months because we've done 14 episodes. Yeah. Yes, well. indeed. We, we're we very behind when it comes to releasing episodes. We do one a month because it takes us collectively. Currently, we're working on our Splash Mountain episode, and we've got about 20 hours of research and six hours of writing, and there will be about 14 hours of post-production <laughs> on those things. Yeah. So it's... I think that we might be a little obsessive, but... And then, like, 60 hours of just goofing around <laughs> between that. That's what we usually do here. We don't, we don't spend yeah. that much time, but we usually <laughs> look up some stuff, and <clears throat> we take a few takes on the intro, and then, like, half hour later, we finally record. And mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot that goes into just, just recording the, the podcast, and ours is... We're not really scripted. We just read up whatever Wikipedia says, and if it's wrong, then, then we're wrong, so... <laughs> yeah. 
Which, when has Wikipedia ever been wrong? <laughs> well, honestly, not very much. I would um, say in its earliest days, yes. But now, now that they've got, like, all of the internet trolls out there, that's what I think is great about Wikipedia, is it's nothing but trolls correcting trolls. So well, it's they really have, they just have some... building the most logical, accurate <laughs> answers. Well, they have, like, pretty stringent, like, guidelines now. So you can't – it used to be you could just edit it and be like, this bug is gross, says me. <laughs> um, but now it's like it has no source, so we're not even going to put it in there. I've tried. We always see this on Facebook, Good too, too, not even just Wikipedia. There's those links where it's, like, ten things you didn't know about Disney, and then a few of those are, like, that's not even how it is anymore. Like the Andy one, if you guys – you guys have seen that one, right? If you yell, yeah. Andy's coming, Wait, the Toy Story characters Wait, are no, supposed to fall. W- Oh it, yeah! If you say Andy's coming, a Toy Story character yeah. has to yeah. character actor has to drop to the ground. Yeah, like that's one of those. That's one of those things they always see. Like the, the top ten things you didn't know about Disney, and then I, I've looked into it. And it's I think they used to do it, but they definitely don't do it anymore. It's it's dangerous. <laughs> I was just gonna say I would assume with especially all of the OSHA stuff that Disney is so entrenched in that that would require, like, six cast members to, to catch that person falling. <laughs> yeah. I think they say Andy's at college now or something, so there's not even... He's not here, so go away. I don't know. That oh, makes smart. total sense. Well, it actually, and he's, he is. No, I, yeah, I know. So, yeah, our, our show... Um, sorry to get sidetracked again, but, yeah, our show basically digs into fascinating details, um, the, the cool history behind attractions, and just fun facts about them. We, uh, we take an interesting approach because we're taking like a grand circle tour of the entire park. So we, we've started our show as if you're walking through Adventureland and making your way in a basic giant circle all the way through. And we will actually be ending with the Disneyland Railroad. So nice. it's kind of appropriate. Yeah. See, ours is, that's, I think that's how I found your show. I, I don't know if it was Instagram or what, but I know I found your guys' show, and it was very similar to ours. We're just, we just take the railroad different places willy-nilly every other week, and we're not really making any kind of, uh, like you said, a grand tour, which makes sense with the, with the shows you guys are recording. But, uh, and that's why I liked your show, because I was like, this, these, you guys go in way more deep than we do as far as the history and uh, the attraction. So, and your guys' the sound clips are well, really I'm, good, too. So. Well, I like what you guys do also because... I think that we focus mostly on just the attractions, whereas you guys will break that and actually go and do other things other than attractions. So yeah. restaurants, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, too, which yes. I think is awesome. Yeah, yeah we did the whole food episode. Like... We did three of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what were you saying? Oh, uh, you guys do like commentary and stuff like that, which is, which is refreshing. I'm always, uh, I like to hear people's reactions to things in the park. We're, we try to just goof around and kind of keep things neutral because, but it's, it's, it's good to hear people's opinions on things when they're, um, to just kind of hear what the fans are saying, you know, mm-hmm. and how people are reacting to things. It's always interesting to me. I appreciate podcasts like that. Yeah. yeah. We just did our, our Guardians one and it was, it was, there was some mixed opinions there and it's, you know, Seriously. It, it's, it's what it's going to be, but it's, you know, obviously everyone has their own opinion on I think what they're taking out rather than what they're putting in is, is the biggest concern. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm really curious about how they're going to execute that. If they're going to keep the whole ride structure itself, or if they're planning on demolishing and doing a complete rebuild, I can't imagine that they're going to do a complete rebuild on something that huge. Yeah. I think I, from the, from the concept art, I think they're just going to change the current building to more of like a factory look or the, the, the collector's, layer or whatever so I think it's going to be the same t- 
type of ride where you go up and down just uh, in a different mm-hmm. sequence with different images in front of you. That, that's what I'm guessing. But Well, and based on the turnaround time that they're kind of <clears throat> outlining, it, it doesn't seem like they even have time for an entire rebuild as exactly. well. Well, and that's what's so crazy is, I mean, for years there's been buzz that they're going to get rid of Innoventions and put like an entire Marvel wing over on that side yeah. of Disneyland Resort. And that makes so much more sense to me because, I mean, here they do this complete overhaul of Disney's California Adventure to try to make it more of a what life was like when Walt stepped off of the train. Mm -hmm. And that definitely does not fit in. I don't think Walt ever saw uh, (laughs) Star-Lord when he got (laughs) off the train back in like 1923 or whatever. It's up for debate, up for debate. (laughs) Historians are still calculating the, the math behind it. That's what historians do, right? Yeah. And you said you had some of the, speaking of historians, uh, some of the rich, or some of the history on the cinema, the mainstream cinema. What do you guys said there? Yeah, well, yeah, I think that, I mean, for me, um, just a little background like we were talking about, I, by day, am a high school film teacher. And being an absolute Walt Disney fan like I am, I'm able to kind of collide my worlds together when I'm teaching film. And the one thing that we talk about is the significance of Steamboat Willie. And, I mean, I would say a lot of, like, devoted Disney fans understand the significance of that movie. But some people who are just new to um, the love of the history of Walt, or of Walt Disney and of Disneyland may not be super familiar with why they've chosen the shorts that they have for the Main Street Cinema. And two of them in there are... Um, particularly notable and one of them is plain crazy and the other one is steamboat willie now the thing that a lot of people know is or i should say spout out like we talked about with wikipedia a lot of people are like oh well steamboat willie is the first mickey mouse short of course but in actuality plain crazy was created before steamboat willie but walt disney found that steamboat willie was a lot more marketable And when it came to the sound synchronization technology that he wanted to use, there was a lot more stuff that they could play with, with Steamboat Willie. Because, well, I thought that uh, Playing Crazy was released, and it was silent, and nobody really cared. And then Steamboat Willie was released with synchronized sound, and suddenly Mickey Mouse blew up. And then they re-released Playing Crazy with sound. Is is that right? It It was like a super limited release of Playing Crazy. Um, because the whole the whole thing was going on in Walt's uncle's garage. They had rented out a space in his garage, and basically this entire movie of Steamboat Willie and Plane Crazy was created simply by of iWorks. Mm-hmm. That guy I was wondering was if like, you were going to talk. Yeah, oh, he was a genius. Well, he was a genius as long as he was directed correctly. Um, yeah. There was a lot of controversy because um, just like. Walt um, had, excuse me, sorry, I just, I had 17,000 things just fly through my head at once. Walt <laughs> Disney originally had Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, yeah. and he was super successful, but the uh, head of Universal, who Walt had the agreement with at that time, was like, oh, I'm going to take him and make him mine. And yeah. it wasn't up until just a few years ago that Disney acquired Oswald back um, to be able to use in I believe it was right around the time that California Adventure got the rehab because you saw Oswald all over the place and it was super appropriate because that's what was going on 
when Walt came out to L.A. so yeah. many years ago was he was working on Oswald. But, sorry, well, I digress. Well, the, that was uh, one of the reasons that he went to set, like, he did his own studio. Because he's like, I will never sign the rights away to another character again. I'm doing this alone. Exactly. It um, made him, like, it, crazy, like, artistic PTSD after that situation. Because, yes. again, I mean, Walt had his entire franchise based around Oswald the Lucky Rabbit because um, before that, if you back up, the Alice comedies um, were his bread and butter until those started flopping. And once that died off, Oswald was his saving grace. And so to have that taken away, there's that iconic story that you always hear about Walt leaving New York and telling everybody back at home that it's going to be okay, even though he just found out that Oswald had been stolen from him. And that yeah. is the time where he was sitting on the train, just really racking his brain, started drawing a mouse, and took it to Lillian, his wife, and said, hey, look at this. I think I'm going to name this guy Mortimer. She said, that's a silly name. Nobody would ever believe that a mouse's name was Mortimer. You should name him Mickey. And from there, the rest is history. Well, was was Walt was Mickey Mouse's uh, – was that Walt Disney's idea, or was that Ub Iwerks' idea? Because I know Ub did – animated Steamboat Willie pretty much all by himself and by hand. Well, um, I'll say this. Practically. The, the, I think the answer is yes. That Ub Iwerks is responsible for creating the iconic Mickey character that we see, but Walt Disney came up with the idea for Mickey and the spirit behind who Mickey is as the essence of a character. Well, and... and Go it's ahead. funny if you watch those old cartoons that Steamboat Willie isn't quite the Mickey Mouse we know today. No, no. Like he, well, and that's the crazy thing is the um, the video that you see in Main Street Cinema right now is actually edited, and I don't know if that's widely known, but the original short for Steamboat Willie was, I mean, according to some very violent against animals. I mean, you see him turning the tail on a cow. You see him playing the xylophone with a cow's teeth. Well, yeah, yeah. It's very cartoony, though. They, I think when he grabs the duck and starts just making, like, quacking sounds by, by basically <laughs> wringing its neck. Um, and then at the end, there's a parrot that's laughing at him, and he just hucks a potato at it. And it falls um, off into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's very cartoony. It's it's not like, oh, my gosh. But it's just – it's uh, – it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, Ub Iwerks grew up in Kansas City, and it's it's definitely someone who grew up around animals and just kind of understands them. Um, and that was his life, you know, growing up on a farm. So it's it's neat to see how that's in cartoons and stuff. But I, I get that. I mean, Steamboat Willie is is a punk. <laughs> He's oh, like, yeah. And, well, it's, it's kind of a cruel world. Like, Pete's mean. Steamboat Willie's mean. Everybody's mean. <laughs> Except for Minnie. She's not that mean. <laughs> That is true. That is very true. But I think that the thing that's awesome about it is the fact that, again, the the technology that's used. As far as I know, all of the other shorts in uh, the cinema are all silent, right? Yes. They're all, yeah, the sound isn't turned up anyway. Yeah, except for Steamboat Willie. And the reason why is because of the sound synchronization uh, techniques that they used. And... If you want to look online and totally be like an AV dork, you can look at all of the different things that Walt Disney had to had to sync up correctly in order to to create the the soundtrack for that film. And now a lot of people don't I think really understand that 
you know, silent movies up until that point had generally a, a piano in the in the theater, and yeah. people would just plink, plonk, plunk um, along with the movie. Whereas with this one, the technology actually integrated the sound into the film reel itself, and it would play through a, a system that was actually installed at the cost of the uh, distribution uh, that I don't remember who distributed that for Walt Disney, but they had to foot the bill, and Walt really had to convince them that this was totally a worthwhile investment for them to go out and retrofit all of these theaters that they were releasing it in so people could hear sound. And it was a huge gamble, but in the end it paid off because, I mean, again, sound was introduced in The Jazz Singer in, what, 1927? So yeah. this is brand new technology, oh, yeah. and a lot of people are pushing back on it. But Walt Disney, <laughs> being the innovator that he was, was like, nope, we're going full bore. This is going to happen, or we're all in trouble. And, yeah, he did, he did that a lot. He would be like, you know what, we're going with the newest cutting, bleeding-edge technology. And a lot of people thought he was foolish and crazy, and a lot of people were like, no, this is never going to work. And he's like, no, we're, we're doing it. Well, and a lot of, and there were some times, I should say, where that completely backfired because you oh, look yeah. at Fantasia, and Fantasia we now understand as a masterpiece. But when it was released, Walt did the exact same concept that he did with Steamboat Willie, except he created, I believe it was called Fantasound. And it was sound technology that was almost on par to what we would know as like the Dolby digital sound, like the best sound that you could get because the movie was a musical. Yeah. And so he spent all of this money putting it in, and it was relatively a pretty big flop for the Disney company at that time. Yeah, yeah, I think people just didn't really understand it. But, um, yeah, I think one thing that's also cool to note is that, that a lot of people, I didn't know this up until a few years ago, that Walt Disney was actually the voice of Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie. And he was a Minnie Mouse in Plain Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to see that you've got this dude who is literally a, a glorified YouTuber in that way, that he's just doing everything all himself except for the animation side. Um, but everything else was on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see. And then now the movie that it was attached to, because it was an animated short that came before a movie, the movie, I guess, is... is what was it? Gang Wars or something? Is that I what it is? I don't I remember think... exactly. Um, yeah, hang on. Hang on, Internet. Gang War. <laughs> Gang War. Gang War. Independent feature film uh, on at the Broadway Theater in New York City, 1928. Nobody remembers Gang War. <laughs> We're having to look it up on the Internet. But Steamboat Willie is still, you know, a cultural icon. Chugging along, just... playing on loop. Yeah, which is pretty pretty funny that the the film that came after it is completely forgotten, but the big the animated short that was like seven minutes has been remembered for all time, and there's an empire built on it. That is I mean, very true. That's the uh, craziest part being... to me is the, the empire that happened from it. Yeah, and it makes you really wonder. Do you think Walt Disney at that time knew? I've got magic here. This is going to be huge. Or do you think it was just kind of one of those things that he was like, all right, what do we got here? Hope it works. I don't think you ever know. <clears throat> I, well, I, I mean, I don't, I, yeah. It wasn't a Disney film, Steve but did you, guys ever see, that stuff. did you guys ever see Walt Before Mickey? No, it's on Netflix right now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, and it's not a Disney movie or anything. I, 
don't believe, but uh, it, it, they, they dive into that, like everything before that and how he was struggling and everything. He had to like put his uh, like his studio up and he, he couldn't even pay his employees at one point. I mean, I watched part of it um, mm-hmm. and that's what I got out of it until obviously then he made Mickey and that blew up from there. That was in Is Kansas that... City, right? <clears throat> His first thing was Laughagram in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I I read about that. They were almost going to tear the building down, and then the they were going to just rezone it into like a, a J.C. Penney or something. But the the community banded together and was like, no, this is a historic building. Wasn't that his first That's house crazy. too? That happened recently, and one of his one of his houses. Yeah, well, something happened recently. I did hear about that. because. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the studio spaces. I don't know if you guys ever get out to that Hollywood area very often, but the original studios that they had um, was is actually now just a, like a copy store. So you can go in there; it's like a Kinkos, but in the very back of the store, it says Walt Disney's original uh, movie studio. It's kind yeah. of hilarious, actually. <laughs> they should have a picture of but, Steamboat Willie back there. Yeah, well. <clears throat> And it's, it's kind of interesting because um, going back to that question of did he know what he had going? And I think that it's kind of impossible to know. And I think that you see how grateful he is because when I was working at Disneyland, the, the costuming department is gargantuan, gargantuan. But it's got that famous quote about the fact that he keeps, kept saying, we can't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started with a mouse. And I think that that just kind of shows that that lucky um, appreciation that he understood the humble beginnings um, and the unlikely beginnings of where this entire empire came from. Mm-hmm. He had to have known, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I don't think he did. I think that, like, I mean, there were so many times in his career where he didn't know things were going to work and he just pushed forward anyway. Um I like Snow White. People were saying this is the dumbest thing we've ever seen. We're way over budget, and nobody wants a feature animated film. Period. And you know he had to like beg for financing, and he couldn't pay people. And yeah, um, I don't think he knew. I mean, I, I think he was ambitious, and if uh, if Mickey hadn't worked, he would have found something else. Um, but I don't think he knew. But maybe he well, did. I don't know. But we'll have to. We'll have to. Maybe somebody we'll have to knows. ask his cryogenic head when we find <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank you, Al. That's those are the words I was searching for. Oh, yeah, I but. think that it's. I mean, it's an amazing story, and that's what's so cool. I think about the the Main Street Cinema. We were talking before we started recording that when I was a cast member at Disneyland, um, one of my jobs was as a cast member in what at the time was just called the Opera House, which is now Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln again. And one of our tasks was to go up and count the turnstiles at the Main Street Cinema. And it's amazing to see how few people go in there. And again, it's because I think that as a culture, we've kind of un- we've lost the, the true appreciation of what an insane endeavor it was at that time to, to move towards cartoons. I mean, we have Pixar now that is one of the most respected studios in the history of Hollywood. And they've really legitimized the animated feature film. But when Walt Disney was doing what Walt Disney was doing, everybody looked at him as like the king of kitsch. 
They were oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you and your silly little childish cartoons. And well, I think that what's, what's dumb now is even still in, in the world of academia, a lot of people look down on Walt, what Walt Disney did. But when you look at the impact that that singular man had on the culture as a whole, he truly was a, an American original, that there was nobody else who was able to do what that guy has done. And arguably, still nobody has emerged to have the impact culturally uh, that Walt Disney had during his time. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know if it's possible in like today's super fragmented internet society to have like a, a, a cultural mammoth come forward. Maybe I'm wrong, but... <laughs> There's no, a few people who, have, who try to compare themselves to Walt Disney, but we're not going to say those names. <clears throat> yeah, well, and that's that's the weird thing is I think one of them was running the the Walt Disney Company for a time up until what two thousand four. Um, but I mean, then that's the crazy thing is like or like or hate Michael Eisner, what he did at the very beginning of the company was very close to what Walt Disney was doing when he first started in the industry. He was doing things that not many people had done. They were all innovative, and they were kind of breaking completely new ground whereas Walt Disney continued on that stretch and I would have loved loved to see what Epcot would have been had Walt Disney still had his influence on it Um, but then you see going down the other route you've got Disney's California Adventure which no offense to everybody but is awesome (laughs) (laughs) if you say no offense you know you're in trouble right yeah yeah I was trying to backpedal thanks for saying that Harry (laughs) No, it. Um, I haven't been to that park. Um, not living in Southern California anymore. I haven't been to that park since 2008. So my memories of uh, California Adventure was very, very like two or three rides and go back to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah that's how it exactly. used to be. <clears throat> it's come a long way since then. So I, I know what you're saying. And that's back in the day when tickets were like what one twenty five for two day park hopper. Which yeah. was heavenly, yes. <laughs> when I first started going back, there was one. It was 105 for a two-day park hopper, which was even obviously even better. I was able to afford to stay oh, yeah. in the Paradise Pier one time, and now I can't. But yeah, I mean that's the thing that's hard <clears throat> is you you hear throughout all of the the Disney podcast realm that they're they're raising prices to kind of try to quell as many people i mean how nice would that be being like hey we're trying to raise prices so we can push some people out yeah because we just have too many fans i mean that's a great problem to have (laughs) but at the same time the thing that's hard is you hear that they're going to be raising these annual passes to exponentially higher rates than they already are and it's a bummer because when i was working there that was some of the greatest times was when we would have regulars coming from the city of orange or from fullerton just to hang out and ride my Jungle Cruise boat like four times in a row. And now that it's going away from that, it kind of bums me out. Yeah, well, I, I, always, I always saw that. People, people were talking about that. and I mean, right now it's, what, 600 bucks for the cheapest one? Well, if you don't, if you don't live in SoCal? Which yeah, is, it's... If, if you go like six times... When I was times, living there, it, yeah, it was like 125 bucks when I lived there for oh, the SoCal Select. Yeah. I think that's like 300 and something now. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. But that's the thing is no matter how much I complain about it, it's like a like a girlfriend I just can't shake that it's like <laughs> <laughs> I am so willing to pay that money 
even still, and I'll just complain, but I'll go into the park and love every single second of it and leave the park and be like, I'm glad I paid 600 bucks for that pass. <laughs> or, or the feeling like, I love that more than I love money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was just listening to a Tony Robbins interview on Tim Ferriss today, and that's what he was talking about is value. Not necessarily money, but what do you value? And a Disneyland pass for $600 is what I value in life. Yeah. But the other people around you, you're like, you've spent $600 and you can't pay rent, and now... <laughs> Did you, yeah. you, you live well, in California, you know, right? Cinema. I'm going to live on Tom Sawyer Island with the cats. Does one of you guys live in California? Is that right? Uh, well, we, we both actually used to live in California. We were roommates for a couple of years. Um, but now I live in Denver, and Harrison, you live in? Austin, Texas. There you oh, go. Oh, so not even close. Okay. So we're closer now to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> or to Disney than you guys are. We don't go that often. I mean, Space Mountaineer does. I go once a year now. But and I can not justify getting a season pass, even though everyone says, "Why don't you know?" Ask me why I don't have one. I'm like, I go once a year, but I talk about it like I go every day. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's once once you get the bug, it's impossible to to stop talking about it. <clears throat> yeah, no matter what, what conversation I'm having at work, they can be talking about something totally different. I'm like, "Yo, well, at Disney, you know, this this is I compare it to it, and I just try to." It's, I talk about it way too much, but it's a good thing. I get my fix. And then obviously doing this show, I'm sure it's the same thing for you guys. Doing that show is just getting your fix every every month at least. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's, why, that's why we started the show is so we could justify our Disney nerd talk <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to do it anyway. Might as well record it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So here we have gotten off on a crazy wild tangent. Sorry, we should be <laughs> focusing on. The Main Street Cinema. Well, that had to do with it. I mean, the tangent you guys went on, I think, made sense. You know, as long as it didn't stray off to, I don't know, another theme park. No, it was it, it made sense. So, it, I mean, I liked it. I'm sure the, the, the listeners will like it. Well, I'm glad we stopped because we were actually going to start talking about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> they have a theater there. Well, I, I need to talk to you guys about Schlitterbahn in uh, San Antonio. <laughs> I've heard about that place, actually. It was on the, the group, really? like, world or U.S.'s greatest uh, water parks or something like that. I, like, I, it was I've one never of those been, first standing waves, wasn't it? I've never been to Schlitterbahn. <laughs> I just can't get over the name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess oh, we man, can read well, some. I hate uh, to say it, but i got to run in a couple of minutes here. No, so, God, yeah. Sorry. Where, would we, where do we want to go from here? Uh, wherever you guys want to go, we can talk more about the uh, – we were going to read some of these fan things. We can read that uh, after you guys go, I guess. That's fine, too. We'll just continue recording. Okay. Well, I, mean, I would say, well, why don't you read them so we can see what they say? Because okay. I think it would be awesome. And maybe we can just piggyback one. off of some of the things they've said. Well, okay. and Al, you also, you just found out that the, the lady's name who works at Main Street Cinema, Marceline. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's Tilly. one of our comments. Tilly from Marceline. Tilly from Marceline, Kansas. <clears throat> Missouri. Ah, uh, same, same thing. They're who, who all knows? just wheat. <laughs> just a bunch of wheat. They're all just roadblocks to getting where you're trying to go when you're driving somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry, Missouri and Kansas. You guys are the salt of the earth. We couldn't have, couldn't have made it this far without you. <laughs> I'm apologizing to entire states now. <laughs> I think that's a good cue to start reading. All right. <laughs> go, go ahead. All right, our first one from Instagram is from Rat House. This is by far my favorite place to, in the park. No one really goes into it uh, much, which is sad. But it's the perfect place to relax. It has air conditioning, and you get to see what Walt was all about. 
It all started with these six cartoons that run from opening to closing. It uh, I take a picture at the same spot every time I go because it, it is near and dear to my heart. Sorry, we can't read on this podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Man, see. I don't think that I could have said that any better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Disneyland Times says, awesome shot, which is our picture of the cinema, which it is a great photo. Read that one. <laughs> is that you or me? Samantha Disney says, uh, there, was, uh, there was one day where I took my best friend that I met in middle school and first time, uh, for the first time to Disneyland with me, and I thought they were playing... They weren't playing. Sorry. They weren't playing anything <laughs> in the cinema until she pointed it out. Um, and they were all... Sorry, I can't. I'm losing my spot. We can't read. Uh, let's see. I was playing old Disney cartoons, so we went in and watched. Uh, then I came out amazed. You could see six original Disney cartoons that Walt Disney created. Like like you, like you guys Perfect. said earlier, nobody knows I think is open. So There's always no one in there. I mean, after this show comes exactly. out, though, it's going to... It's Blow always up. nice if you can find a place where nobody is in the park. That's so nice because it helps you recharge to get back into it. Well, the, my favorite spot is the uh, besides this one that's empty is that well where the uh, seven dwarfs are in Snow White. There's like hardly anybody oh, that yeah. goes over there into that area. Oh, it's super peaceful, super peaceful. One of my favorite parts of the park before it got busy. I worked at Disneyland back in like 2006, 2007, 2008 area. And that's back when, like, the recession was huge. And so when I worked there, Disneyland was like a ghost town. I mean, on a busy day, you would have, like, 36,000 people in the park. Now a busy day is, like, 63,000 people. (laughs) And I remember that there were times when I would be standing working at the Tiki Room, and nobody would be in the Lanai area there. Hmm. And there is no better place in the world to watch the fireworks than the lanai in the tiki room drinking a Dole Whip float. Wow. Yes. But I think I, I found my new happy place mentally when, you know, some engineer is screaming at me at work. That's what I'll think about. <laughs> go to the tiki room. Go to the tiki room. Yeah. I'll have to give that a shot next time I go. Yeah. There's also no line over there too for the Dole Whip usually or less less of a line anyway. You know what? That's changed. That is changed because when my wife and I were there in March for a spring break trip, we thought the same thing. And we were like, ha suckers. And we went around the other side. They actually have a queue area now oh, inside the lanai because it's that popular it to go inside to order. Wow. I know. I blame us podcasters for letting that secret yeah. out. Yeah. It was definitely all our fault. We, we created a riot in Southern California. <laughs> All right. Someone else from Instagram, the Miss, the Mrs. Swenson. Beautiful pick. I need to take, uh, make, need to make it a point to take my family there next time we go. Um, and I don't think I've been there in probably the last few times I've gone because we we're always there for one day, so we're focusing on other things. But next time I go, I'm gonna have a full day at Disneyland and a full day at California Adventure. So I'm definitely going. Plenty in of there. time. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Uh, next one yeah, from Instagram. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The next one from is from Breezy Bake Oven on Instagram. The Main Street Cin- I Cinema. Love that name. <laughs> the Main Street Cinema is such a fantastic part of the park. I always ask Tilly for tickets and snap a few pictures with her. Um, it's such a humbling experience to go in 
to the cinema and see where it all began. Tilly's name tag says she's from Marceline. I wonder how many other nods there are in the park to Walt's hometown. Well, all of Main Street. That's the answer, Breezy Bake Oven. Yep. Well, and it's interesting because, I mean, that's what I think is so cool about Main Street is you have that influence of um, Marceline there, but you also have... Well, and I think a lot of people don't realize that Main Street is a mix of Walt Disney's childhood home and an Imagineer named Harper Goff's childhood home, which is Fort Collins, Colorado. And so both of those two collided on Main Street right there. And you see this like magical childlike experience. And there's no better place for that than or I should say no better place for the Main Street cinema to exist then right there in the middle of the action. I mean, you're essentially walking through Walt's imagination. Yeah. And that's what I think is so awesome about Main Street and why the cinema is so perfect where it's at. Yeah, popular well or not. Well said, well said. Popular oh, or not, it, should, it needs yeah. to stay there. Like, I'm, I'm not saying they're getting rid of it, but like it's a great area. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wish, I wish we could see what the Main Street looked like. Um if it was created the way that on the original concept drawings, it was actually like laid out that way. Mm-hmm. Cause it was going to be like an, a legit small town. Are there images like that on Google somewhere you could find? Um, well you can, you can also just, if you go into the, uh, the opera house next time you're in there, mm-hmm. you should be able to find the original concept drawing done right there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. If you just look up original concept drawings of Disneyland, they're all over the place, and it's pretty incredible what that Main Street area was originally going to be. I mean, you even had like offshoots and halt, like side streets that led up to a haunted house, that led up to a church, that led up all to these different places. Wow. But obviously, since backstage needed to exist, they couldn't execute that the way they mm-hmm. wanted to. Hmm. That just made me think of like if the entire park was laid out like that, it would it would lead to every other attraction somehow. That would have been kind of cool too. Oh, it would have been amazing. <laughs> it would have been absolutely if there was no place that they had to take a trash can or have a rest area. Disneyland would be the ultimate Shangri La. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we just have one more from Facebook. Uh, Nicolette, uh, I love coming here and watching all the different cartoons. Which, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's all you can do, but it's still, it's, it's a good time, it's a good place to go, like you said, get out of the heat, you know, rest a little bit. It's a smaller version of going into the animation studio at California Adventure. Yeah. So. <clears throat> good point. A lot less to do, yeah, I but mean, it's still cool. It, it is just, again, I think that it's one of those things that for your listeners, if you get a chance, well, I'm, I, there's really no get a chance. When you're walking down Main Street next time, just pop in. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for two minutes, for three minutes, or for an hour and a half. Just go in there because it it is living history. And that that legacy needs to be carried on in order to truly and fully appreciate the magic that Disneyland was and that Walt Disney brought to that little orange grove in Anaheim. Yeah. Exactly. He said an hour and a half. I got I got stuck in there, not stuck, but lost in there one time for an hour watching those little cartoons with some friends, and we were the only ones in there. 
uh, aside from a few people walking in and out, but you can just go in there for an hour and that's it's, awesome. It's, you, I, you yeah, we got lost. lost in yeah. <clears throat> I think that's that's an amazing thing about Disney parks in general is is something you can just notice that's kind of small and it captures your attention and you know there's all this stuff around you and it like I come out of the Disney parks and I'm able to kind of apply that more to my life. It's like you know I don't think I'm curious enough. You know like you can. Disneyland kind of encourages you to say, "I'll take a second look at that. That was, that was interesting." And you take a second look, and you're like, "Wow!" And your brain starts to run. You know, in the real world, you're like, oh, "I got to get to work. Oh, it's <laughs> raining. Oh, I hate this vending machine or whatever." Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that is really cool about losing yourself in the Main Street Cinema for like an hour. Is that, yeah, you there are awesome things, and yeah, these are cartoons from the '30s, and yeah, our animation is a lot better now, but. It's crazy to think about the hands that drew this. You know, they're all hand-drawn, and the people's lives that, you know, just Southern Californians from, like, farmlands in Kansas, you know, and building something that are it just is so ingrained in our culture now. And it's unique. so neat. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. I love that about, about Disney parks. That's that's something that I, I come and I feel like I'm, like, creatively recharged Uh yeah, and maybe a little bit less cynical when I leave. <laughs> yes, and here, a lot here. poorer. Yeah. <laughs> we do talk about that. Why right? when you walk in, like you just said, that reality just doesn't does not exist, and that's one reason why we love the park so much. Not even just the park, yeah. just the oh. whole area. Like even you talk about looking at stuff and studying. Is you guys ever been to Trader Sam's before? I'm sure you guys have. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> we have an episode of our yeah. show devoted to Trader Sam's. Well, those we have we done eat. the heck out of Trader Sam's. We love it. <laughs> you guys look at, look at the walls when you're in there, and it's there's there's something new each time. And not not they've added stuff, but like that you've noticed anyway on the walls that have to do with the Jungle Cruise. Exactly. Well, and that's what's cool about, I mean, especially Trader Sam's. So we've, we've got a few friends via Instagram. Um, there's one artist named Tiki Tony who always has new work coming through there and his stuff is incredible and i mean being being a former jungle cruise skipper and tiki bird wrangler i there's no place that i love more on this earth than trader sam's enchanted tiki bar yeah (laughs) yeah we've been there a few times and every time it's amazing absolutely and then take that kick hide that cocktail and take it into the Main Street Cinema, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just put a paper bag over it. Nobody will know. <laughs> they won't. Nope. What's that mug you have in that bag? It's a souvenir. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, fellas, I wish I could chat more, but I have a wife who needs to be relieved from baby duty. <laughs> Not a problem. We do. We appreciate you guys coming on because we wouldn't have known. We wouldn't have talked about half of that stuff. And uh, that was awesome. Well, thanks for having us on. It was a blast. Yeah, thanks we'll for definitely thinking of us. get you guys over onto our show soon, and we'll do some crazy fun crossover stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially that railroad show you talked about. Um, uh, where we'll be available. <laughs> At least absolutely. one of us. Absolutely. We'll we'll pin you into it. Nice. Perfect. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you all so much. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. That was Alex and Harrison from the Backside of Water podcast. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, go subscribe to them. Instagram as well. Backside of Water. Um, great show overall. Uh, this was kind of a crossover episode, like I kind of said in the beginning, and that's what it kind of felt like. Uh, they have yeah. the, the the deep history of, of Steamboat Willie mostly. Yeah, that was but awesome. It was still I was we were we were over here listening um, at the same time trying to record, and it was like I, I was learning a lot while yeah. I was listening. That's what 
this podcast that we do, we learn a lot as we go. And each time we have a guest, or in this in this case, two guests, uh, we learn a lot. I, I think so. I think that's what what I'm mainly here for is to say how much fun I have at the park, and then I like to learn a lot. I'm not trying to say a lot or teach a lot because that's not what we're trying to do. But it's I like learning. We're uh, just here to l- chat. Little things about the park. So uh, thank you guys again for coming on the show. Uh, let's see next next episode, not next week because we don't do this anymore. Uh, weekly, we have we actually have a guest lined up. It's Carissa Houston. She is the author of Disneyland on a Budget, and she's a blogger. So we are going to be talking about Disneyland on a budget. So which <laughs> ties into what Can't we were wait. talking about earlier, a little bit earlier about the season pass and how your wallet how is, is, is empty. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to learn some of the some of the ways there. So uh, in two weeks, listening for that episode. Can't wait to do it. And uh, yeah, you're up, sir. Again, talk about the Disneyland Inside Out app. If you haven't checked it out, check it out on your app store. Um, definitely a great app. I use it all the time um, when I'm going to the parks. Also, check out MagicalPartnersTravel.com if you're looking to book a vacation anytime soon. Uh, get that free quote and eye on the price guarantee. Just tell them all the board sent you. See, again, we could have done that whole copy and paste thing, and I, I sent the guest and announced <laughs> next week's episode. <laughs> I jumped the gun. But you know what? That makes it more natural uh, and fun. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here for the evening or whatever time you're listening to the uh, episode. We do appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Switch on the sky and the stars glow for you. Go see the world cause it's all so bad.